What's shaking, you tubanites? Welcome to Lords of the Longbox presents the cover price comic book shakers of the week. We got a really interesting list for you. Um, I can honestly say I am going over today. I, I looked at the list and I go, man, this and it's not even like these are old books. These are just books you would have never thunk would. Uh, and it kind of breaks the mold of what we've been thinking about collecting. As we go through it, we'll look at it. And, you know, uh, and I'll tell you, it's like when we thought variants from five years ago couldn't get hot again. You know what? This list pops up and bites you right in the butt. So while you guys are waiting to congregate, got a little something special for you, man. First one in the live chat who names uh, what song this is from, you get a Marvel No Prize. J-Squad. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's go. Shout out to Six Faith Comics. You're the first one to name it. That is from Cowboy Bebop. Very kind of uh, 70s mod squad retro kind of theme going Reminded to it. Reminded me of the Spider-Man cartoon. Right, right, show, no, right? Yeah, Japanese oh, anime has awesome, <laughs> awesome music. All but right. uh, speaking of with JB, say what's good to the people, man. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Thanks for joining us tonight. And you know what? We don't ever do this, but I am figured why not? If you are watching us and you're not subscribed to the channel, why the hell not? Go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you don't miss our next live show, and welcome to tonight's Shakers List. Couldn't have said any better myself. There you go. Jack, say what's good to the people. Lords, what's good? Actually, I gotta tell you, I am excited for this week's list. There are some heater variants, some of my favorite variants on this list. Um, I'm really kind of pumped for this week's, I'll call it the Loki variant uh, episode. That's when you think we're zigging, we start to zag. And, you know, there's not like a ton of like golden age crazy yeah. books on here. But there's some books on here you're like, you know what? I remember this book. And it's like, uh, I can't believe the price it's at right now. Right? But uh, once again, shout out to man, that Matt DeVoe from Cover Price. He's in the live chat right now. The show is sponsored by our friends over at CoverPrice.com. Go to CoverPrice.com, sign up for a two-week free trial or $6.99 a month. This uh, this is the Cover Price Shakers List, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily Shakers List. This list changes several times every day, so make sure you check it out to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. And after we go over this t this uh, list of 10, we'll see what's shaking today. So it was all sponsored by our friends at KRSComics.com. Use discount code of LOTLB for a KRS pull box and any KRS Comics exclusives. 
and we teased a little image of what was dropping tomorrow. Ooh. And I can broadly yeah. say this is what's dropping tomorrow. That's right, boys and girls. That is the Batman 89, uh, Warren Liu, number one. That is absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Love the retro Batman 89 font for those who remember when uh, I was going to just say, what do you think? This is another one where I like the trade dress better than the Virgin. Right? Yeah, because of the font. Right? Yeah, yeah, the font makes, you know, helps make that cover. Uh, And if you didn't pay attention, man, this thing sold out in four minutes. And um, we were talking about this on the show the other day, Jack, but um, I was talking to Chris from Karis Comics and he ran analytics and he said about almost 50% of the people who bought this were first time buyers, meaning they were probably sneakerheads that got into our community to buy it because it was normally the KRS people, you know, they already have an account, but these, he said 50% of the people who helped get this sold out within four minutes were brand new accounts to KRS comics, which is amazing to me. So that just continues the the trend of cross pollination for people from grading uh, video games and trading cards and all that stuff. So, all right, so pay attention tomorrow. Use this code LOTLB. Uh, this drops at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. Absolutely gorgeous Warren Lou Batman 89 variant. But we're here to talk about the cover price shakers of the week and see what's shaking this week. What do we got? That number. Well, you know what? It's alphabetical. So what's the first one? All right. The first one on the list, we've got Amazing Spider-Man. Issue number 12, the Shogo Aoki Tokyo Con 2018 variant now convention books outside of the u.s are almost always tough books to get access to here in the states and this tokyo con 2018 exclusive is no different this is the first variant by the popular japanese artist shogo aoki it's unknown how many copies exist but this week was the first copy we've ever seen and it's sold for a huge 725 dollars this high price will help call more of these out that's a dope cover man that's seven hundred and twenty-five dollars for a raw copy. Raw dog. Um, and I can honestly say I've never seen this before. I mean, me, I'm in me it. Me either. Me either. And it's rare I come across a variant, especially a modern variant that I haven't yeah. seen. From TokyoCon 2018. Uh, that's amazing to me, man. I mean, it just goes to show you that uh, traditionally comic books have not been really big in Japan, right? If you think of any other thing in Japan, like uh, anime, uh, manga, um, mecha, Godzilla, anything, right? But comics weren't really a big thing, but I think slowly but surely it's, per- it's proliferating the kind of the, the, the thing. They still have their go-to, right? Manga still sells a huge number, but I think they're still, you know, Marvel is trying to make their imprint into the Asian markets. I mean, uh, if you think about this, I think the second biggest comic-con in the world is in brazil after san diego it's that uh I, I forgot the name of it but at one point uh disney and marvel both had panels there and they even i think it was a debut they debuted the i want to say the wonder woman trailer there one year but it, it's got boys and girls this hobby of ours is worldwide it's really getting big uh i mean when you look at all the foreign variants that people are getting now you know people are making chips hoping they can find comic book stores that have them you know but you know but for the longest time you know Japan has had their thing, right? They're, you know, they're 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 deep in the manga, in anime, and then you know you get the toys and everything like that, you know. But you know, it's kind of interesting when you watch that documentary about Spider-Man, uh, the Japanese Spider-Man, and how it kind of launched a lot of things. If you watch, it's on Marvel's um, Disney Plus. I think it's called the. It's one of their documentaries, and they talked about how the Japanese Spider-Man show really launched a lot of shows like Power Rangers and things of that nature. Believe it or not, go watch the show. It's amazing. Anyway. And I think, and I think a lot of times we talk about these like high priced variants and, and people kind of like roll their eyes when like this kind of money is spent on a raw variant. But I think this is something to me that feels justified because it, it, as long as you and I have been doing this, TiVo, like if, if we haven't seen this book before, right. I mean, like, I mean, it's that's rare. a high and demand thing. Like, this I, I could justify this expense far before a lot of other books. When I say I haven't seen this, I haven't even seen anybody post this on Instagram. No. Or, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, no, yeah, not even just in the wild. I've, I didn't know yeah. this existed. Yeah, so that's what it's pretty. I mean, you got to think the print run isn't that big, and how many people made it from Japan back to the states or kept the copies of them? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Great job by. It. Great job by Matt DeVoe doing the research. Finding this, man. right, man? Amazing Spider-Man number twelve, the Shogo. Aoki TokyoCon 2018 variant. Look at that. 725 for raw, man. All right, what do we got up next, Jack? 
All right, now we're taking it to 2019 uh, with Conan Serpent War number one, the David Finch one in 100 variant. Of course, this is from Marvel. Now, Moon Knight fans are snatching up big MKs, bigger, harder to find variants. This is definitely one of them. Conan orders are typically low. A 1 in 100 for this issue is a very tough incentive requirement for stores to meet. Very few would have ordered 100 copies. Upon launch, that's exactly what happened. Very few copies hit the market, hitting the ground at $76 and rapidly jumping to 150 and then 255 and then reaching a high raw sale of 355 in January 2020. This week, while it's not the highest, a raw copy sold for $240. This is still a super rare book and simply one of those books you cannot lock down if you want to find a copy uh, before the Moon Knight news hits. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to Moon Knight, it's Finch and it's Platt. That's it. Yeah. Nobody else. Those are my For two sure. favorite Moon Knight artists. Uh, and that the Finch covers that he does on that Moon Knight run are absolutely. And if you look now, all those that bl- the bloody variant, all those are hot now because of the uh, adjacency to, I guess you could say the Moon Knight series. I mean, the first of all, how long have we been specking on Moon Knight? Right, like it was. Oh, everybody man. was like, "It's inevitable. He's gonna come. He's gonna come. Just buy, start buying him." And then, sure enough, we finally got an announcement. We got a good actor that's gonna do it. Uh, you know, hopefully they can they do it right. You know, the a, a Moonlight title just launched on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if there was a Finch fan. I know there was Finch homages, but you know, man, Marvel really had a chance. I I don't know if somebody in live chat knows if Finch or Platt did a Moonlight one variant because they should have. That would have been great marketing to kind of you know because I know um, uh, either Mayhew or Kirkham homaged Platt's uh, cover for what is it yeah Uh, but they didn't actually have Platt or Finch do Moon Knight covers I I don't know there's probably like I don't know maybe 20 30 of them you know but you know there's so many store variants now it's hard to keep track of them all but you know uh, oh yeah Obviously, Sinkevich is also great uh, Moon Knight covers, but his is more, you know, how do I, what's that style I want to say? It's uh, surrealistic or something, you know what I mean? It's like, whereas. There are a ton of people who have done Moon Knight and done them well. Um, I see like Del Otto in the chat. Certainly Del Otto does everybody well, but you hit the nail on the head. When you, I think that is something to pay attention to, especially when you're looking at variant covers, um, are what artist is synonymous with that character exactly, um, when yeah. you start looking at variant history um there is no harder to find tougher chase than some of those david finch variants from the early 2000s up through like 2010 so because of that it's to me it's a no-brainer you, you're, you're exactly right i think steve mcniven did a great job with the uh, art yeah. on the current moon night but like for sure uh the guy should be David Finch. That that when I think about Moon Knight art, I'm always gonna I'm gonna see David Finch for but sure. But just like you know, like Plato Finch's that. art has changed um since then. Obviously, I mean, yeah, 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 um, for sure. Uh, but even 2019, you can tell this is like a, a throwback to what he used to do, like on his Moon Knight run. Um, but man, um, anything, and you're gonna find on this list is interesting that you know before before 2020, you can get a 150 variant, 175 variant you know, two years after the fact for like 30, 40 bucks. But the trend of collectibles and is so big now, what we thought was was going to cool down, people are going out and finding, hey, man, look at these 175s, 150s, and uh, you'll see as the, as the list goes on. So Conan, yeah, this list Serpent is War, issue number one, the Finch variant from December 2019. Goddamn, that's gorgeous. All right. Speaking of variants, what do we got next? Right. That is the the variant is the, the tone of the day. All right. Next up, we've got Daredevil number one, the Neil Adams 1 in 75 variant originally published in 2011 from Marvel Comics. Now, back in 2014, any modern variant over 100 bucks was notable. Now, today, there are way too many of those to count, right? Some of the most celebrated variants sprung from the super low Marvel years of 2010 through 2012. And if you recall, Marvel put out some high ratio incentives, 1 in 50, 1 in 75, and 1 in 100, at a time when stores were ordering numbers that didn't even come close to those requirements. That made for some ultra-low printed exclusives, and this is one of them. This Neil Adams 1 in 75 is almost never mentioned, despite it also being a representative of the time frame. 
When it comes to Daredevil, this may be one of the toughest variants to find for The Man Without Fear, and it's done by a comic legend, Neil Adams. This week, we saw a raw sale went for $184.14, which is the highest raw sale to date. Yeah, for this book, that was, I mean, it kind of looks like he swiped, uh, was it Quesada that did the Daredevil number one? Where, yeah, I mean, Quesada-esque, for yeah, sure. Don't, almost looks like Neil Adams swiping, didn't even bother giving him, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, like Neil after Quesada. Because, you know, Neil Adams, great guy, I mean, uh, but he's got, he's definitely got himself, uh, I wouldn't say ego, but he's very confident of his skills and abilities. Um, you know, you got to be confident to be wearing a blue shirt, the same blue shirt all the time. Or I don't know, maybe he has a closet full of blue shirts. I'm not sure. But every time I see him, he's got a blue shirt on. But Daredevil, number one by the great Neil Adams, one at 75. And uh, if you think I'm going to talk about that PBS documentary again, <laughs> you're wrong. Okay, yeah. I, you're, you're right. I am. Uh, Neil <laughs> Adams is in it as well, and it's great. You need to, you see the part. Him and Steranko in it are absolutely incredible because they talk about the, uh, the the gold the old days of uh, comic books. But uh, Daredevil number one, Neil Adams, one in seventy five from the Dark Ages, two thousand and eleven. What do we? Oh, what do we? Uh, this one is gnarly. <laughs> That's right. Now, JB thought he was sticking me with these. Uh, right. Here. But here's the thing. This is one of my favorite variants that I personally awesome. own. So I'm so excited to get to talk about this one. And we're talking about Ghostbusters number 14, the retailer incentive from IDW in 2011. And if we're speaking of rare books, when it when is a 1 in 10 ratio impossible to find? Answer, early IDW books. Licensed comics are typically terrible market sellers, even if they're connected to massively popular franchises. If you've read any IDW Ghostbusters book, then you would know how deeply connected to the canon storyline it is. Writer Eric Burnham is well known as the biggest Ghostbuster expert on the planet, and it shows in his writing. Despite this, stores simply didn't order enough copies to qualify, even for a 1 in 10. And, and for those that did... Copies quickly went into the hands of diehard GB fans. IDW has so many impossible-to-find variants. That is a fact. This taxi homage is one of those. It's been elusive to online sales for years. We've only tracked four copies, and three of those were this week. One seller came to market with several copies and sold them for $200, $270, and $325 raw. Wondering how many copies are on the CGC census, there's one, and it's a 9-2. There are so many like this. With Ghostbusters Afterlife finally coming out, it could give a lift to some of these hard-to-find variants. Yeah, because in the past, like we've always said it, uh, movies that weren't originally comic book properties, nobody gave a shit about. But now, throw that all out the window. It, uh, uh, it, I fully expect when the Indiana Jones movie comes out, that Indiana Jones series from the Marvel the, from the 80s, people are going to buy that. You know what I mean? No. But what's on. funny is people always think of like Ghostbusters as uh, the kitty cartoon. Even the, the movie too, it was rated PG-13, but Taxi Driver is an incredibly dark movie. You know what I mean? You're looking at me? I know you're looking at me. I'm sorry. That was my really bad Robert De Niro doing really tax <laughs> <laughs> Who can do a Robert De Niro? We'll just uh, throw it in the live chat. So uh, tax, the, what's awesome about this cover is it's kind of like, oh, Ghostbusters, you know, and, you know, kind of friendly family. Then boom, it's a taxi driver. One of the most dark, demented movies, you know, about a guy going just through really psychological issues. Uh, if you haven't seen De Niro in that role, you are missing out on something. Right. Expand and, your horizons. There's two things that this book has majorly going for it, too. Number one, it's part of a, a movie poster homage series that was that. across like IDW. Um, and it was very similar to the popular series they did for concert posters. Um, so this this series got popular with collectors and there was a lot of like cross line collecting of people trying to put that set together. And some of the toughest ones, like, you know, Transformers is a lot larger printed than Ghostbusters and things like that. So, um, and even that trans, uh, the Transformers poster is a tough one. Um, but the Ghostbusters one was really tough. And then on, on top of it, Ghostbusters in general, um, I have a huge IDW variant collection. I've been talking about it for years. I love these niche markets. My kind of rule of thumb when, when like I'm at a con and I see like a Ghostbusters variant or something like that that I've never seen is I look on eBay, I look at the census. And what I if I don't see one on eBay, I buy it. 
Um, because my thought is like, it, it's probably sitting in PCs and it's probably just not out there. Um, and books like that, man, you can put them up for sale and you will be surprised um, if you're patient enough that it yeah. just takes one buyer. Yeah. Do, so do, let's, do, let's, let's sorry, think about collectors. That, yeah, go ahead. No, do you think that, you know, with Stray Dogs, that homage series that they've done that is so fire right now has, you know, given you some renewed interest in people looking for other movie theater poster horror film even type homage covers because this is wow. what this reminds me of well i mean kind of because but what jack was just saying in 2011 who was ordering idw at such a high ratio where you could get you know whatever i mean nowadays you know you have indie comics that are doing one in 25 one in 50s which was unheard of in 2011 right i mean if you think even marvel wasn't doing that big of numbers think about idw the 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 audacity and it's not even a first issue to come out and say, yo, we got Ghostbusters 14 and you have to order this amount to get it. And that's why it's a com- it's a, a it's a combination of rarity, cool cover, new collectors coming in. I mean, you know, if you think, you know, I mean, you know, we're not even talking the 90s when print runs were easily in the 800,000s and 900,000. Nowadays, if you have a print run of, you know, 100,000 to 150,000, you're going to be, uh, you know, in the top three for comics that list, uh, you know, of that week that sold. But, you know, um, but 2011, that was a pretty ballsy move on IDW. But now we see it all the time with something that's killing the children and all these other indie, I call them indie books. It's kind of hard to call them indie books when they're so popular now. But for the most part, indie books are not part of the main DC or main Marvel is what I consider uh Indie. Hell, I even call DC Black Labels indie books because they're relatively, you know, low print runs and they're not part of the regular continuity. But all right, Ghostbusters 14, the retailer incentive taxi driver homage variant from January 2011. A raw dog, $325 arrows, man. All right, what do we got next? All right, well, we're at the halfway point of the list. This is a great time to tell the chat. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you are having a good time, do hit that thumbs up. If you're not digging it, hit the thumbs down, but hit it twice. All right. <laughs> next up, we've got Mighty Avengers number three, the Salvador La Roca Eminem variant, originally published in 2013 from Marvel Comics. And it's no secret that Eminem is a huge comic book fan, right? Well, his XXL Eminem Punisher comic is a pricey book and a tough one to find. Another not widely known variant is this variant. For Mighty Avengers number three, featuring an homage to Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP2 album cover. On the cover, Eminem is there hanging out with Iron Man ever so casually. This week, this hard-to-find one-per-store exclusive hit a new high of $480 for a CGC 9.8. I dig that cover, man. That's dope. Yeah, yet another one I've never seen in the wild. Um, you know, because everybody knows... The, the 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 xxl or the xl punisher you know cover that's the one right that and i think there was another one with uh i want to say um it was deadpool with eminem on it i'm trying to remember if i remember right but uh, what's interesting is eminem is a huge comic book fan if you google it he has like a high grade copy of amazing fantasy 15 that's how our core into a lot of these hip-hop artists grew up reading comics man i mean it's in the lyrics themselves if you if you if you want a lot of the old um for you old heads out there a lot of the album art they copy comic book covers i can remember uh africa mabata the soul the planet rot album has like a thing on it nucleus does the group that did jam on it also has they literally have like a little price box in the upper left hand just like the marvel comics that used to have so uh shout out to ages comics of alaska if you haven't seen his latest video Go look at it. It's about comic book Karens. Oh my God. It is freaking hilarious, man. Go peep out of Ages Comics Alaska. You know what? Uh, Lou, send me the clip, uh, do a Dropbox, and I'll play it on the next show so people can uh, peep it out, man. Uh, it is absolutely hilarious. If you haven't seen, know what a comic book Karen is, tune in and watch out. And uh, it's absolutely hilarious. So, Mighty Avengers number three, the Salvador La Roca Eminem variant from 2013. All right, let's see if that trend continues with modern variants. Oh, we're going to keep it going with modern variants because we're talking about Miss Marvel number 12, the Alessandro Taney Red Widow 1 in 25 that Marvel released in 2016. Uh, This book has a lot going for it. Not only is it a gorgeous Red Widow 1 in 25 cover uh, by Alessandro Taney, but the inside features the first appearance of Red Dagger, who will be in the Miss Marvel Disney Plus series played by actor 
Ar Aramis Knight. This variant has been climbing for a while now, but this week just hit a new high sale of $680 for a CGC 9.8. My goodness. I would have never thunk it, but uh, that's crazy. I mean, it's a dope cover and everything, but I mean, you know, I mean, it just goes to show you, I mean, the the level of spec that's happening right now it's micro spec it's it's literally any i mean if you look at the time the top 10 list on 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 tuesday um i mean we had i mean we had a thanos copter on there one time just because of the little easter egg on loki so it's just yep. the tiniest of little things that will set collectors off be it a nostalgia buy or be it whatever but i mean i remember prior to disney plus launching i was thinking um I, was, I pondered, I didn't guess, I didn't say it was going to happen, but I was like, I wonder if the Disney shows are going to change the way people spec. But before that, you know, Netflix TV shows, whatever, eh, CW shows, they, really they, got, they got some movement, but not the it, level of movement we saw when WandaVision started and all the Mephisto stuff, right? Falcon well, it's so also changing the way people collect, too, because yeah. we talked about that before, but like these new collectors who are coming into the market, um, they are collecting these MCU characters. They're so, collecting events that they saw on TV. Right. So Damn. anything that is appearing in these films or is going to appear in these films is going to, I think, continue to see a spike. And, you know, the Mighty Avengers variant that we just talked about, um, that's that's a one-per-store variant. So at least every store got one. Um, yeah. Miss Marvel back in 2016, five years ago, um, you were talking about a, a not quite in the position that she's in today. She wasn't uh, announced yet either. There was another announcement, right. an official announcement. Um, I mean, this just goes to show you that 25 the, copies here even might have been tough for yeah. shops. The difference between now and the 90s is the 90s had new collectors who were just thinking they were going to get rich. Now, when you have new collectors coming into other collectibles that already know about grading, like from PSA and what, who does the gaming WADA is it does the yeah. video gaming yeah. great they already know what that you know I need to get rare games I need to get the highest grade so you got people coming in the market that are looking for let me find rarities or key issues and I want the highest grade as well you know what I mean so that's why you're seeing the money being spent god damn it why wasn't I on the skybound panel with you Jack that's what I want right? so, <laughs> maybe next time maybe next time so make sure you check out skybound's panel while my man Jack dropping some knowledge uh Miss Marvel, number 12, the Alessandro Tiani Red... Well, that's a fun name to say. <laughs> the Red Widow yeah. variant, 1 in 25 from October 2016. Not bad. It's uh, almost $700 for 9.8, man. All right, this is the most obscure one on the list and the most fun, I think. This is fun. Come on, man. Radioactive Man, number one, originally published in 1993 from Bongo. Now, nostalgia is definitely a play here. And if you grew up in the 90s, then you were most likely a Simpsons fan. If you were a comic fan, then you understood Bart's desire to own a radioactive man number one, which he did for a short time. Now, Bongo recognized the desire to recreate one for fans, making it an instant collectible. Though it's been pretty dirt cheap since it was released back in 1993, Raws typically have an FMV of around 20 bucks, though high-grade copies can reach about 40 bucks. However, it was this week's new high sale of 562 bucks for a CGC 9.8, it's reminding us to pay close attention to significant cultural books like this. This was a big jump from June's 9.8 sale of only 200 bucks. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. That's, you know, that is pure nostalgia buy. I mean, there's also, there's another like added part of this is people who, I don't want to say not rich people, but let's just say adults who have jobs and disposable income and they realizing, Hey man, I remember these when I used to be young and, you know, now as an adult, comic books are for kids, but they realize it's not. And, you know, and these are the same people who are like, let me get rich with, uh, you know, AMC stock or let me get rich with Bitcoin, you know. But now they're like, you know what, maybe I can spend some of that money I made on that on some of these comics. And they realize, you know, the prices are going great. I mean, it's it's just a big, big market right now. There's multiple platforms on what you could buy. I mean, it's just really blowing up and. Radioactive Man, number one from Bongo. Hey, is what's the what's the name of the the comic shop owner in The Simpsons? What is that guy's name? Oh, me like the comic. I thought he was just comic book guy. Yeah, comic book guy. Yeah. Has he ever appeared in the comics? That would be the perfect first appearance. The comic book guy in comic books. Somebody in the oh, live chat. For sure, he, for sure. He's, I know they've had an extensive history. I still wonder about this. This I, I I think about different licensed IP all the time that aren't currently active in the comic space. Like, why doesn't IDW? who has a relationship with Marvel, who obviously is owned by Disney, who owns the Simpsons. 
why wouldn't they why wouldn't they bring out a new Simpsons series? How could that uh, yeah. do any, any worse than some of the titles that they have? I mean, I yeah. would think that, that would be at least a, a, a nostalgia demand. So this next book is going to be probably the perfect example why I think it has legs. Everything wants to be The Walking Dead. What The Walking Dead did differently than most comic books that got adapted was while the show was going on for multiple seasons, the comic book was still an ongoing series as well. I mean, that's the way you build legs on a show. This book was recently announced, and I probably this book will continue to have an ongoing series as well as a Netflix series. And what is it? We can't have a list without this book that's at least showing up once. Come on now, you know I'm deep on this one. Something's killing the children. Number one, we're talking about Jenny Frizen, but we're talking about the Diamond Retailer NYCC variant from 2019. Uh, and of course, that comes from Boom Studios. The recent content confirmation news has definitely lit a fire under Something's Killing the Children sales. However, it's hard to find variants like this NYCC exclusive are seeing bigger increases. This week, This sold for a new high of $1,216.51. Wow. Damn. Just when you think it couldn't get any hotter. This is why I I haven't seen a lot of people post on Facebook and social media asking, you know, what, you know, what do they think has a a next chance of being the next walking dead? And I think it's something is killing the children because of what I just said. It has an ongoing comic book and and, not, and a show. Hopefully, the comic will continue to go as the show goes. And that's what really kept The Walking Dead hot as it was for the longest time, right? I mean, the, they were introducing new characters in the shows, and those new characters would eventually appear in the comics and eventually die or vice versa. Right. Right. I mean, it was, I mean, if you think about umbrella Academy didn't have an ongoing series when it first came out, but then they came out with something else. I think what killed Jupiter's legacy was not having an ongoing series when it came out and they're coming out with, I think Jupiter's legacy Requiem, right? Uh, If you think about, Dead Class, I don't think had an ongoing when it came out either. It, so did, it, was, it, it did, but it was it's yeah. been towards the end of the run, and I think that was more of a victim of sci-fi because that show was yeah, good. that show was awesome. I don't know yeah. what sci-fi was thinking. They need to bring that back because that I yeah. love that show. I mean, maybe it was on the wrong channel, but you know, Netflix seems has uh, make Netflix save uh, Lucifer, right? I mean, you know, well, so that's the thing is, uh, I think uh, Deadly Class is a hit on Netflix outside the U.S. I think yeah. it's available for people outside the U.S. But I think I think you're exactly right about this one. I think that that's going to make a big difference. I also think the uh, new announcement in the last week of the House of Slaughter spinoff series definitely the House of Slaughter. It's going to be a big deal because here's the reason. Um, I think what makes something's killing children also very successful is the fact that you have a badass lead character. Um, I've often called Erica Slaughter like if she was a big two character, if she was showing up in X Men or something like that she would be just individually the hottest character going because she has everything that like a modern character kind of needs to pop uh, both like in character, like personality and aesthetic, but, but that can sometimes be limiting um, because it, you can only do so many things with one character introducing an entire universe in history for the house of slaughter is going to allow them to tell stories and, and have a world where you could have all of these stories that don't even involve Erica Slaughter, which I think it gives gives them an opportunity to do something. They've unlike The Walking Dead, like they've already seen that journey, so they can take what works and then they can add in some new things that will kind of avoid getting to that stale point that I think The Walking Dead did. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, after they you know killed off certain characters, people were like, you know, they were no longer interested in it. Or, but you know what? I I would love to see a Boom Studios Netflix mm, cinematic universe, whatever the hell that acronym is going to end up being. But that there's would be, a lot you know, of rumors about that. There's a lot of rumors about that. There's also a lot of rumors about a Tynanverse that is Tynanverse. He's that on is Department of Truth. Is something's killing the children? Is there is there linkage? Yeah. There's a lot of rumor in that direction. Because Millar supposedly is going to have something, you know, and, and, you know, even though Jupiter's Legacy is not doing a season two, there's like they're going to still tell stories within the Jupiter's Legacy uh, universe. And I'm a huge uh, Mark Millar, Miller. It's actually Miller uh, Mm because he's Scottish, but I'm a huge Miller fan. Whatever he does, I'm down with, man. I can't wait to see Nemesis, Super Crooks or any of those that get adapted. And, you know, but, you know, I was really bummed out when they decided not to continue telling the story of uh, Jupiter's Legacy, because really it's it, For it, all it, intents and purposes, though, Super Crooks is going to be Jupiter's Legacy season two. They said same universe, just different perspective. 
Yeah, right. a super villains perspective. Yeah, if you haven't yeah. read them yet, they're they're great reads. And Nemesis is one of my favorite uh, really Miller is. books. Yeah, that one's badass, man. He almost kind of looks like Moon Knight a little bit <laughs> if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he's got a little little Moon Knight, little Punisher action in yeah. there. Yeah. All right, so something is killing the children. Jenny Friesen, 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 the diamond retailer, NYCC 2019 variant, sold for twelve hundred dollars. I'm trying to think back in New York City Comic Con 2019. Was there this much heat behind something that's killing the children yet? I don't oh, think so. Hell no. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it started probably. I want to say like a year ago. Really, it started uh, really picking up, and then it, it just it now was, it, it was a hot new series, but it wasn't like hot to the point that like the back issues were, were booming. Yet. Oh yeah, well, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth prints. People going back and looking at them, saying, "Wow, this is awesome." Let me get this. So, diamond right, we got variants are always tough too, because man, they get handed out. So, you know, trying to make that trip back home and keep them in good shape, that's always tough. Yeah, forget about it. All right, so uh, something's killing the children. We got two left, boys and girls. Here we go. Right, what do we got next? Well, first we got a super chat, man. Ages oh. Comics of Alaska coming in strong with that $5 super chat. Nemesis looks like Space Ghost with Glocks. <laughs> that's, that's a, a good tag, That's the tagline right there. Space Ghost there you with Glocks. Space Ghost there with Glocks. Go. There you go. All right, man, this book, I actually own this book at one time, but we won't get into that. Next up, we've got Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, number one, the G. Young Lee, one in 100 variant, oh, originally yeah. published in 2018 from Marvel Comics. Now, G. Young Lee is arguably one of comics' best artists. There aren't many covers that you find yourself staring at for more than a few seconds, but this is definitely one of them. The rain, lightning, the colors in this book, they're just simply perfect. If there's any variant that deserves its high price tag, it's this one, and boy, does it have one. A CGC 9.8 hit a new high sale this week of a massive $2,300 for a CGC 9.8, making it the second most valuable Spider-Gwen cover after that Edge of Spider-Verse issue number two, Land 1 in 25 variant. I owned this book at one point. I don't, mm -hmm. I, don't, I think Matt may even be wrong on this because I was on cover price and there was one that sold in May for uh, $23.99 so, and it was a 9.8. So uh, it's still, uh, we'll go on cover price and look. I could have swore I seen it for that, but this is not a first appearance. I mean, maybe is, is it the first time they called her Ghost Spider? I don't know. But I mean, obviously it's still not Edge of Spider-Verse number two, but you know, right up there with it because it's absolutely gorgeous cover. And I think at one point I bought like uh, one or two of these when it was like, and then I sold yeah, them. It's, like it's a straight up cover art play. I think the thing that made this one accessible for a while is the fact that there were a lot of retailer exclusives. And that's the difference between a book like this and say the Conan Serpent War book, where that book is, is an absolute ghost. You can't find it at all. This one you can at least find, uh, even though the demand for it is a lot greater, which is why the price is larger. I, but, yeah, but in 2018, I could see somebody ordering 200 to get two of these. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean and there was, but there was also a lot of retailers who ordered 3,000 to get an exclusive. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then and then got a stack of them. And, you, and I remember when this book came out, there was some heavy flexing on in, on, on uh, Instagram from some retailers who were showing their stacks. But you knew that the, this kind of this cover art was going to be the type of iconic cover art that this was going to disappear. And you, sure enough, it has. Um, I, I, there's another retailer who's done some exclusives with uh, uh, G. Hyung Lee, uh, very similar to this to this aesthetic. So if you missed out on this, there's some other ones you can grab. I won't say their name out of respect to our sponsor, KRS. I want to give them a shout <laughs> out, but but we'll but we'll uh, we'll just say that there's some other art out there that that I think a lot of people have grabbed because man, this sucks is unattainable to a lot of people oh yeah i mean it's absolutely gorgeous i just it, it's not doing too much it's, i mean nowadays most covers there's not a lot of action going on it's, it's typically one person posing or one face you know what i mean i mean it's just mm -hmm. the the days of like uh, i would probably say the copper age is the last time we really got to see like you know multiple characters or even word bubbles you know ever see dialogue on covers anymore and i kind of miss that in comic books man back in the day when especially most primary prominent in the like the bronze age and uh onto the copper age where you know there'd be dialogue on the covers you know and people are actually saying stuff you know another thing even on internal comics anymore people don't have thought bubbles anymore it's all captioned they, you, uh, know, you know you know but Prior to that, you could have four characters all thinking something different on a, on a screen and on a page. And I used to think, that's great storytelling. But now people have kind of, they limited it and everything is in an orange caption box or they're told from, a, you know, their perspective. You don't have these thought bubbles, you know. Bring that back, guys. Bring that back, people. So Spider-Gwen, 
Ghost Spider number one, the Ji Hung Lee, one in 100 variant, sold for $2,300 in July. Hey, that man. First, man. Speaking of uh, Walking Dead, I can't believe we, have, we haven't had a Walking Dead book on this show in quite a long time. What is it? Take us home. That's right. A big one, though. This is the Walking Dead number 100, the retail appreciation Lucille foil variant, which is, of course, from Skybound and Image from 2012. This foil Lucille variant was easily one of the most valuable variants in 2013 through 2016. There were three versions of this cover, a non-foil, a signed non-foil by Kirkman, and this foil version. This standard signed cover was an incentive sent to select retailers with large orders for issue number 100. The unsigned copy is also significantly rare, where multiple copies escape the wrath of Kirkman's pen. However, the foil, limited to 250 copies, was the, and some say the first, Skybound Black Friday exclusive sold directly via their website for a hefty price tag of $250. As noted, these variants flourished in the aftermarket until the last few years where the market price plummeted hitting a high of $2,025 for a 9.8 in January of 2018. It fell as low as $550 for a 9.8 in 2020. The spike most likely came with the fanfare for Jeffrey Dean Morgan's portrayal of Negan on the Walking Dead series, then dropped after the market's interest went elsewhere. However, Walking Dead has proved its staying power and Negan still lives. Hence, this book is now on the rise. This week, a raw copy uh, sold for $600 and nine eights sell for $1,300. My goodness, man. I almost think Matt uh, like likes to see offers because there was a ton of offers and right? a, a few one for tens, but I don't, not many two for tens. But I didn't see a single two. That's Matt. He's like, you know what? I'm going to make it harder for you guys. You know, he's saying yeah, too many people Good are Lord. getting six for 11 on the cover price <laughs> top 10. So uh, thank well, you, Matt, was- for this. This was up my alley, though. This was a variant one. Yeah. So I, yeah I, actually, I, got, I got three, and I feel good about that. All right. Man. But, hey, you know what? Don't, don't fret, because we're going to see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and let's see you. Uh, you know, make changing. guys feel better about yourself. You know what I mean? So uh, Constantly changing. Make sure you get yourself the full membership so you can see the entire list. Yeah. So let's see what is on the shakers today. Um so, okay, so it just, you know, it's a comic book report. There's our top 10, dominated by Loki-type related spec. Uh, these are the movers. Look at that. Uh, these are the most units sold, but we are concerned about the shakers. These are the biggest sale item books. Um, oh, I only got three in the top five. Oh, man. What's going oh, on? look at that. <laughs> Uh, look at that. Iron Man making some moves. Hey, we were just talking about that. There's the ghost spider. Let me pull this up real quick because I want to see what the all-time yeah i was right yeah 2399 yeah so 2399 in may of 2021 so hey somebody got himself a bargain for 2300 to save himself a hundred dollars off that um this is uh a little miles oh my god hold on why this one wait a minute to say does that say raw someone spent 2300 on is it is a newsstand what is it uh no it's just the regular one wow this is not the newsstand wow Twenty three hundred for raw, uh, man. So I was just Maybe talking about good. wow. That's, so that's crazy. This is, so it has now eclipsed the raw price of what I thought was the rarest one, which is the Marco Dejervic one at twenty five. Um, that raw one and that one just sold says here um, sixteen hundred. Or that's for our fair market value. That's still the one to get if you could find it. By the way, um, Moon Knight getting some more love. Hey, look at this some j scott campbell man there we go j. scott campbell oh that's gorgeous man this is uncanny x-men number 510 the campbell black and white variant although it's just black and white background really but uh colored uh anyway Ooh, 2150 for a 9.0 holy smokes somebody spent what 13 grand on a 9.8 in 2018 my goodness I wasn't even say, man, you don't even get all the colors. <laughs> Just kidding. But that Holy does look moment. dope, man. <laughs> there was a moment where J. Scott Campbell, people were like getting tired of it. But I think with the renaissance of, um, you know, 
variants and cover artists, you know, J. Scott Campbell. People are coming back to our man, J. Scott Campbell. And, you know, we can't have this show without pre-code horror books on here, man. Uh, this is Dark Mysteries number 19 from Master Comics, 1954. Look That's at sweet. that. The code is not going to allow that. That's definitely good girl art as well. When some uh, horny skeleton guys. I could, Look at that. You got it all. Oh, my. That is Good girl awesome. art, bondage. Nice. <laughs> Raw comics sold for $1,400, man. Um, you know what? There's probably not even. Yeah. There's none that it had been sold. So it's like. Any pre-code horror comic you come across in the Golden Age, buy it, man, because they're they're you just don't see them that often. If you see them in the wild, just buy it. Don't haggle, just snatch it up, man. Well, this is interesting. Ooh, what's up? Yeah, Marvel superheroes. What's up with that? Yeah, Marvel superheroes. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Is is this the first solo Doctor Doom story? I'm trying to think. Matt, if you're in the live chat, help me out here. Uh, Drop some knowledge 8, on us. Eight point oh for a thousand dollars, man. Uh, 9.8 uh, last year. So for 3,200, man, still a dope art, still dope art uh, cover though. Um, look at this. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen this one in Deadline Comics from Deadline Publications. This is Deadline number one. What the hell is this? The first appearance of Tank Girl. I never know. See, I at least fully admit that I did not know what the first full appearance of Tank Girl was. I think we were just talking about that last week, too. How how when uh, some of these movies are coming out in like the 90s, it didn't affect the comic book market at all. Remember when um, Tank Girl movie came out? Nobody mm -hmm. went out about the first appearance. Right. Just like yeah. when the Blade movie came out, nobody's buying Blade. Just You know what I mean? Um, speaking of... Is that crazy? The exact opposite of of uh, the pre horror or pre code horror books. This was a, a byproduct of the Comics Code Authority. They started doing these kind of. Um, if you think about the Silver Age and all the goofy covers that they had, it was because of the Comics Code Authority. And I don't want to bring up that documentary again, but you should watch it. And they talk about the watch Comics it. Code Authority. Um, you could apparently have guns on the cover but you couldn't have too many sexually explicit things you couldn't even talk about drugs uh, so that's when they had the drug issue so popular contrary to popular belief people think it's green arrow um the green uh green the what is it green arrow green lantern book that had the uh first drug it was actually an amazing spider-man book neil adams saw that and he goes or was it steranko who did the um the drug issue my ward is a junkie neil he adams. saw Neil Adams saw, went to the Marvel offices and saw that they were doing a book about drugs. And Stan Lee said that the like National Institute of you know, Say Don't to Drugs said, hey, can you do something? He goes, well, you know, our stories aren't really about that. In one of the comics, Spider-Man saves a kid that was high on drugs and was about to jump off a building. And the Comic Code Authority said, you cannot say drugs inside the comic book. But Stan Lee goes, but we're saying don't do drugs. And then they said, you know what? Fuck it. Take the, the stamp off and the rest is history, man. Then the people are like... People realize, you know, we don't have to have this uh, Comics Code Authority stamp on here and still be able to publish. So there you go, man. A little bit of history for that. All I learned on that documentary that I'm not going to tell you is again. Uh, let's see. Ah, uh, oh, you know, there's some nice little friendly stuff. Here. I'd love to see some Harvey comics, man. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Number one. $569 for a 6.0. You know what? You've got to be kidding me. I would buy this. I love the first issues. I can't afford them, but like the uh, Disney uh, comics from the Golden Age, like the first appearance of like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, all these characters. Man, there, if you think the comic book collecting world is big, just get into the world of Disney collectors. Oh, my God. Oh, they yeah. Are, they, it's a crazy. huge, huge market, man. Hey, and we go straight from Casper to a little Lady, Lady Death, Death, half naked on a screen. Man, that is absolutely gorgeous. Who is the? Uh, that's an art germ. Ah, you know what? I would, and to me, I would like, you know what? It doesn't really look like our germ, you know, because for a while there, all of his characters look the same, but this, uh, this one looks a little bit different, man. So this is Lady Death Nightmare Symphony what, what, issue number wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. This is limited to 77, like 77 pieces. There's only 77 yeah. of these in the world. Yeah. Brian, Pol Brian Paladino, the creator behind Lady Death. Polito. Polito. He, yeah. he is an absolute legend of variant covers of the direct consumer market i mean he has really like laid the groundwork he created the first uh, uh like blank cover um yeah. i mean like, he has really been a trailblazer and i don't think he's gotten any of the credit for the fact that like he's about a decade early than the entire market yeah if you go to coffin uh comics website and you see it and i was um he was doing some of these uh day of the dead covers uh and they were absolutely uh amazing man but um 
Um, Brian Polito, did he also do Evil Ernie? Yeah, he created Evil Ernie, uh-huh. right? Because Lady Death appeared first in Evil Ernie, if I do believe. Um, trying to tap into my memory banks here. Hey, we haven't talked about this book in a minute. Okay, so this Ooh, is really is that the convention gonna, exclusive. Yes, yep. this is really going <laughs> to test the market for me, man. I'm going to see how if Naomi Buck bunks the or, mm. or you know the cw uh kind of thing uh, this one's cool because uh if you saw the show poster it's in like an homage to this cover which is awesome yeah. that they did that but it'd be interesting to see man because normally you know the cw can be the kiss of death on spec man so when people say right. Naomi, big butt with this one ava devigny is the show producer yeah she has a producer and the showrunner behind it and you are talking about like netflix quality programming uh, feature film quality programming. She took this on because first off, she's a comic book fan. Second off, she specifically connected with the Naomi character and she wanted to be the one to really bring this character out. So I like the fact that the person behind it is both capable and invested in it. So I have high hopes for Naomi. Let's hope they give her uh, a big budget. Uh, well, if you think about it, what is the Superman and Lois show? That's on CW, right? It is. It is. And, and that it, budget looks pretty good compared yeah, to HBO Max budget, right? Yeah. I mean, HBO Max has, I mean, I wonder if they're pulling some money from HBO Max on some of these shows here, but you know, what's curious about this as well is this came out in 2019. Rarely do you actually see the publisher put special convention edition on it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a variant, like a on-time real- retailer would do it, but you know, for DC to actually say special convention edition on there, I think that's kind of cool, man. You rarely, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of like, modern even even the if you think about remember the d23 that had the mickey mouse on it the first appearance of mickey mouse in marvel comics or whatever and that d23 it, it was basically a version cover it didn't you wouldn't know that it was a d23 exclusive because it didn't say anything on there at all um oh look at that our man look at that little venom on here never mind uh this one is dope because i love this uh these covers man Look at, that. Right Look at that wraparound cover. Oh, that is so awesome. This is the, the Arturo Lozzi, 1 in 25. First full appearance of Ghost Rider, Alejandro Jones. Uh, CDC uh, 9.8, sold for 390. Uh, she's rumored to be part of the Ghost Rider mythos that whenever they do it. So uh, I would tell you to guys to go out and look for that book, man. Um, it's Stray Dogs is on fire. Yes, it is. Uh, but, you know, it's too obvious. Uh, oh, let's see. Let's talk some Battlefield action. All right. See, the code was interesting as you couldn't talk about drugs or sex, but you can have full on war on it on the cover right there. So, war propaganda, baby. Yeah. Battlefield Action issue number 40 from Charlton Comics from 1962, raw for $295, which is interesting. Is like, he's like, look, get down, ladies. She's like, there's bullets whizzing by her, and she's going to, like, I am going to save this guy if it, if it costs me my life. Uh, so you got some DC action Warfront. on Warfront. What is that? You got that War is Hell Warfront? Oh, yeah. That, what, I love yeah. Yeah, Battle Action and Warfront. Harvey Comics. This is uh, another pre code, 1951. Dude, he, he's straight shooting somebody on the cover, and that's allowed? Well, this, I mean, is, that no, this is pre code. This is before oh, okay. the comics code. Yeah. So uh, 6.5 for 300, man. So uh, I want to look at this one here because this one is oh, hard yeah. to find at all. Dude, man. That's- this is awesome. hard as hell to find. First appearance of Man Thing, and it's a magazine size, uh, raw for three thirty. Highest known value nine point six uh, three thousand two hundred. Are there any nine point eight? There was one nine point eight that sold in two thousand and sixteen. I mean, when I say th- this is a hard book to find in high grade, it's because just the size of it. You know where you know if you think about back in the days, you know bagging boards now so much easier right but to think about if you were collecting back in the day even in the 80s like you know where you know your shop had that in (laughs) yeah because nowadays they have bags of boards for a damn near every size except for that damn uh first ronin book everybody's complaining about a bag and board uh we love us and run the jewels on this channel this is deadpool 45 the scotty young run the jewels young jewels variant uh but this is run the jewels 375 for raw dog man this is a hard one to find too because of the all black cover but um yeah another hot the the cross worlds of uh hip-hop into comics man um what is this this one's look nice andrew robinson 150 you know jack we were just talking about you know uh high ratio books from you know 2014 2014's run 
Yeah. We're curious to see once we get closer to Thor Ragnarok if we start really seeing um, this run pick up uh, with uh, Lady Thor. Yeah, you know, so much think, of it's still undervalued. Yeah, I think if once I tell you, man, collectors are it's it's like they're um, we know it's coming, but nobody believes it until you absolutely agnostic see it in your face. They're agnostic collectors. They don't believe it until they see it. Like God, I don't believe absolutely. in God until God smites me down or he greets me in the gates, the pearly gates. Right? I mean, it's like it's almost like you know, I know the character's coming, but unless I see them in a trailer, I will really pay attention. Or it's the casual collector that's getting into the market and they see it for the first time and go, "Hey, is there a combo based on us? Oh my God, look at these prices! I better buy one now!" Boom, and then you get these high sales. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, there you go. We have taken up an hour of your time, man. Appreciate Ooh. all 170 of you guys hanging out with us. If you're new to the channel, we drop uh, content every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday or Saturday. But Tuesdays and Thursday live at 6 p.m. We do the cover price shows. Uh, we just talk about comic books, man. And then Sundays, I talk with my man, Mikey Sun. We talk about scoops. Uh, if you're new, uh, we're also on podcasts. Alexa, play Lords of the Longbox podcast on Spotify. Hopefully you have an Alexa my own damn Alexa device went off. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Hey, uh, we're close to 7,000 subs. If you're new and you're watching and you haven't subbed, do yeah, us a favor, hit that channel. sub because we want to really love to give away some stuff. So once we hit 7,000 subs, I'm sure I'll speak for Matt. We'll give away some cover price uh, um, subscriptions, some KRS Comics exclusives. Uh, part of Ryan's liver since it's shot. Uh, you know, we Ryan's liver is no longer functional. So we might as well just give that away as well. Give it away. Jack, any last words? There will be no Run the Jewels slander tolerated in the chat. What? Who was talking bad about Run the Jewels? Oh, no. Gone. <laughs> Dude, when that, let's just digress a little. When they showed the first Black Panther trailer with mm -hmm. the Run the Jewels track, I was like, you have me right there. Because they only uh, played it on that one. That, that Run the Jewels has been so awesome just for their appearances in movies alone. Like, when a Run the Jewels track shows Rick up, and Morty didn't they do a Rick and Morty video too? There was a did, Rick and yeah, Morty. yeah. They like they have been so like clutch for the culture. Yes, sir. All right, now, no more. There will be no Run the Jewels slander in the live comments. But, yeah, <laughs> go ahead and finish your last thoughts. No, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys. Appreciate it. I uh, will not be able to make it next week. I will be at the National Sports Card Convention. I'm doing a live panel uh, on comic books for CBCS what? at the National Sports Card Convention. I'm invading their territory. Uh, I'm bringing the fight to their house, uh, fighting the good fight for the comic book community. Um, so definitely you can check that out Friday. Uh, I believe it'll be Friday morning, um, but follow Beckett Media's uh, social channels. You, it'll be on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. If you can find me a cheap show, a tiny uh, rookie card, you know, just... You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep your eye out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even an Angels fan, but I've seen how his rookie card is just blowing. Insane, up. insane. It's crazy. So you're going to be talking comics at a card. Yes. Represent uh, as well. I know you'll do it, man. Uh, bring them over. Bring them over. Convert them into the world of comics and That's tell them. Right. I'm taking them one person at a time. I'm bringing Gary V with me. He'll be there too. I'm, I'm going to go ahead right. and grab him and say, you're coming to comics now. Is this going to be li uh, any live streaming for this at all or? Yeah, I'll be doing some stuff with Beckett. I haven't figured out the schedule yet. That's all been in flux. All right. So, man, I'm telling you what, guys, the world of, of collecting is just the lines are getting blurred, literally. Uh, I'm telling you, it's it's just crazy. It's people have money. They're selling one thing to buy the other. And, you know, hopefully the hobby can flourish, man. Uh, JB, any last words? Yeah, I just want to say thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, the channel is, you know, kind of taking a little time out right now. I appreciate all the love and support from uh, everybody in the community, the flowers, everybody sending stuff to the house. I really do appreciate all that. Looks like we will be kind of come back with some content maybe in August. Um, we're wrapping up the treatments here and we're going to move forward. So awesome. Awesome. Keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Uh, we will see you guys maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. It's my birthday weekend. So I'm going to go enjoy myself, even though I enjoyed myself a lot last Take weekend. The weekend <laughs> off, man. Take the weekend off. You know what I'm going to do? I am. I already got my tickets. I'm going to go out to lunch and I'm going to see snake eyes on Saturday, man. Yes. I can't wait Boom. to see that out. I don't care what people are saying. I'm going to go see it and make my own thoughts about it. And, you know, people are, you know, Grace Randolph had good things to say. Umberto Gonzalez said he hated it. Absolutely. Because apparently Snake Eyes talks. You don't get an actor like Henry Golding and not have him talk throughout the movie. You know what I'm saying? It's OK. Snake Eyes can talk. Uh, 
Maybe maybe something else happens. Maybe he takes his vow of silence later, right? I mean, you know. I'm I'm a diehard GI Joe fan, and all I care about is that GI Joe is back. The toys are back That's in right. storage. The cartoon yes. is coming back. We're getting an Amazon show. There's a movie. I just wish you're not a GI Joe fan if you're going to complain about this. Look at the movies we've had in the past. Oh like, my god, it's right. going to be better than that. Like the one with Bruce Willis, the one Bruce Willis and The Rock. Yeah, he can talk, that? show his face. <sighs> I don't care. As long as we get a kick-ass movie, I am on board. But you know what was cool? I think it was a second G.I. Joe movie. The mountain fight scene? Yeah. That was dope. That yep. was dope. And Storm Shadow in that? That was dope, too. So, Storm all right, Shadow boys and girls. Always, is always dope. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Uh, until next time, for uh, a.k.a. Jack, Mr. Bolo, JB for Discovery Comics, we will see you uh, either this weekend or definitely Tuesday. But until then, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out.